0: On this episode of AV Week, where does USB belong in the AV industry? Sustainability in the audiovisual space and petitioning our governments to protect the AV industry. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This
1: is AV Nation. This is AV
2: Nation.
0: This is AV Week, episode 581, recorded Friday, October 7th, 2022. Vote for Joe. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by
1: Extron, industry-leading technology backed by world-class support. And by Daylight,
2: the leading producer of high-quality projection screens worldwide.
0: This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audio, visual, news, and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to discuss news and information we have gathered this week. First and foremost, Charmaine Torella from QSC. Welcome, ma'am. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. A young man I have not seen in real life for a minute, uh, but his name is Joe Cornwall, and he is from La Grande.
1: Welcome, sir. Thank you. Pleasure to be here.
0: Absolutely. And last but not least, uh, a young man that I have known but never gotten uh, to wrangle him onto AV Week. His name is Andrew Evans, and he is from fantastic uh, uh, Extron. Welcome, sir. Thanks, Tim. Absolutely. Uh, just housekeeping here real quick, because I, 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 I am still compelled to do this. Uh, both Extron and Legrand are, are sponsors of Aviation, Nation, and we thank them. Not necessarily, you know, their, uh, their company's uh, opinions. Some of them will be. Um, and QSC is just cool because we like Charmaine and, you know, Joe Fam and all those folks. So, Uh, all right. First story comes to us from commercial integrator uh, Alyssa Borrelli writes about creating a sustainable future. Uh, Quote, unquote, one of the biggest sustainability stories our industry has ever seen is the emergence of sustainability in A.V. S.A.V.E is the acronym there, to give voice to the need to prioritize sustainability-minded practices. Charmaine, I'm going to start with you on this. And the thing here is there are several ways that, that manufacturers, and all three of you are manufacturers, there are several ways manufacturers can help the industry reach this goal. Packaging and, and how you produce the, 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 all these things as manufacturers or even you know as, as an AV professional yourself what are ways that we can encourage everybody down the chain to reach and and strive for a sustainable AV
2: well the first thing Going down the chain from manufacturers, most of the manufacturers now, including QSC, we're now starting to virtualize certain products, right? So, you know, pretty much minimizing that footprint even further and not having all that equipment, hardware, and those emissions. So making everything go in the cloud, that's a big start. What a lot of the people down the chain could start doing, and I'm going to start with the integrators first, I used to be one um is basically recognizing that's where the client needs to be a lot of clients have sustainability initiatives and unfortunately um, not everyone is tuned into that when it comes to incorporating av presenting this and making that part of helping the sustainability initiatives goes a long way if you're not talking about if you're not doing it and you're having them do the same old same old which is not providing the sustainability necessary and not helping towards their sustainability initiatives it kind of hinders your business a bit it hinders your business a great deal to be honest and nowadays a lot of clients are looking for those providers that have those sustainability initiative stories solutions designs equipment products. You know, that helps with those initiatives that they have invested money in. And that's what people have to understand as well. It's not just talk on their part. They've made real investments. So here on our end, going all the way down from manufacturer down, have to do the same.
0: All right, Mr. Cornwall, same kind of question here is how do you connect with those?
1: Yeah, I mean, serious, seriously, it, it, this is a great topic because, it, you know, a lot of the folks that are, that are joining us today and listening to this might not realize that LeGrand has been one of the top 50 most sustainable corporations in the world, globally, hmm. um, for several years. And we've actually been in the top 100 since about 19, or excuse me, uh, 2016, Um, So we take sustainability very, very seriously, and Charmaine, I think one of the things that you you kind of alluded to there was this concept of um, we need to really address a circular economy. We cannot produce Mm. the kind of waste that we've been producing, Um, and to just kind of maybe step ahead of ourselves a little bit, I think the recent ruling uh, on USB Type-C in Europe that we're going to be using the same kind of chargers for things, this is a step in that direction, as is the idea that we can get rid of extraneous packaging, um, that we can provide solutions for our customers and kit them so there's less packaging that needs to go into a landfill. If we can do this at a manufacturer's end, it can save everybody money, including the manufacturer. So I think um, uh, you you know the biggest thing, and, and Charmaine, you hit it right on the head, that is we can't just talk the talk. We have to walk the walk yeah. and a company proves that every day by the things that they do.
0: All right, Andrew, same kind of question. I, I'll say the same thing really quickly is again, a hundred years ago, I was a technology manager and I could watch every year products from all three of y'all, uh, packaging going down, right? And this, that, and the other. So as a manufacturer, how do you, how do you get connected with those initiatives?
3: Yeah, for sure. We definitely are looking at ways to improve and streamline that packaging, uh, being able to reduce the footprint of it uh, to those integrators. So, yeah, That's my background as well. Um, I came from the integration side, and I can remember days of you show up at the shop, and you're starting to rack up gear. And so, all right, I uncrate you know, a rack, and I start slotting gear into it. The next thing you know, you've got half of your dumpster full of you know, cardboard and foam and plastics and stuff You know, 20 years ago. And thankfully, we've been able to, to move on from that. And the, uh, the amount of waste generated by the packaging has been reduced substantially. And, and Extron, I think, has really done a great job over the years, too, with our policies on uh, e-waste recycling, uh, being able to work with our integrators to bring those uh, old products back in, uh, to be handled uh, responsibly, uh, not just having them end up in a landfill somewhere and doing things like power supply trade-ins as well as other programs where we're really trying to, to work with our integrators and have that integration between the manufacturing side as well as you know those, those boots on the ground that are having to deal with this on a day-in day-out basis and being able to support them uh, to reduce that and to improve their social responsibility side.
2: And just if I could jump in for a second. QSIS, right, QSC, one of the things, you know, and Andrew talking about how Extron has performed, making that possible, you know, our cores in itself, you know, is a making everything in one box instead of multiple different boxes, right? Minimizing that and putting all the functionality for most of the components and the operation of the room in a core. It's kind of how QCIS, you know, you know, mastered this. Right? in order to make it less boxes and less equipment that you have to ship. So instead of a DSP a box, control box, a box for this, it's all in the core. And that's very important. So I agree with Andrew. That, that's, that's one of the things I think all of us as manufacturers, when we look at innovating our products, we look towards you know minimizing the amount of components and products that you have to put in space, you know that doesn't lend to sustainability at all, and just minimizing that and putting it all in one box or one widget per se.
0: Let me ask a question here as as we wrap up here, and this is for any of the three of you. Andrew mentioned the e waste and the and, and that recycling. How do you connect? How, how do you get in front of quite frankly the end the end user the the, the customer here um, to either make those those projects, those processes known, or I guess working through the integrator you know, and, and offering those services through them? Is that is that the system here? And, and as they're replacing gear, will they just take the old stuff out, whether it's a ginormous 16 by 16 matrix, or it's a you know a barco three gun projector that's the size of a yugo
3: i think it's funny that you say uh, a 16 by 16 is a ginormous matrix I,
0: okay it's not I,
3: I, I get a kick out of that because i just introduced a 840 by 840 a couple weeks ago okay. <laughs> but no seriously uh i i think uh it's probably the same for for joe and charmaine um in a lot of ways that we're um we're business to business organizations and so from an end user perspective, a lot of that burden falls to our integrator uh, partners. And so we have to make sure that our integration partners are up to speed on what we're doing from a a sustainability perspective. Uh, I know from our side of things, we've got uh, sections of our website dedicated to the topic. uh, And we do have uh, marketing pushes even uh, on some of those uh, those efforts. And I, I would imagine the same holds true for the other organizations.
2: Yeah, that's true. And for our organization in particular, my role was specifically designed to engage with the end user. So that's what I do here at QSC. So we engage directly with the end users to work through and communicate those initiatives and those uh, programs that we have for sustainability. And they do work through their integrated, but we get ahead of it, right? So for us at QSIS and QSC, we wanna get ahead of it. And that's why I and my team, we engage with the end users to communicate that. So I think it's, you know, and I think Joe is gonna, I'm gonna give him a soft toss, is gonna chime in. It's everyone's responsibility, right? It's not just, you know, one, uh, branch of our industry. So I'll turn that over to you, Joe. because I know that's what we no, are we're, we're, we're
1: all in this together. There's no question about it. And I think one of the challenges we have in AV is we think too small. When we start looking at sustainability, it's more than just the packaging. It's more than just what do I do with the old batteries or with the old matrix switch. We have to think in terms of how do we create products in the future that use less energy, that integrate more easily. A really good example um, to just kind of uh, boast on it a little bit is one of the products that came out of Legrand's uh, building control systems division. We have divisions that do all of these things. That is a power recovery switch for uh, POE-powered industrial lighting. So now you literally can have a switch that you can mount anywhere with no wires, push it. The energy of pushing it is what energizes it. So this works on a number of different levels, allowing us um, to integrate more easily without having structured cabling behind it. So once again, this is part of that, like, think bigger. Um, We all talk about AV merging with IT, but we tend to have a problem talking about infrastructure merging. Operation systems merging with uh, intelligence systems merging with media systems. And yet electrons flow through all of them. So it's an engineering problem. And uh, Charmaine, what you touched on uh, also with with working with, and and Andrew, with what you both uh, mentioned about working with the end users, it's a communication challenge. It's all about how is the company Communicating this, and I think that responsibility falls not only on educators, and I'm as an I'm an educator for LeGrand's AV University, but it also falls on the shoulders of marketing and sales to carry this message and to make sure that we're offering our services to help um, make sure that we're making a sustainable uh, effort uh, and impact.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, sort of in that vein, uh, about a month or so ago, Germany passed a law. Where it was basically banning digital signage from 10 p.m. until 4 p.m. every single day, <laughs> and if you were in the digital signage industry, it, it caused quite a stir. Uh, now they have backed off on that. The restriction now goes from 10 p.m. to um, I'm sorry, 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. every single day. In addition to that, if the digital signage is advertising. For a locate for the business at that location, meaning that you have a piece of signage for your location, and it's right there, you're exempt uh, for the 10P to 6A, uh, as well as sporting uh, locations are are exempt. One of the things I want to point out here is the fact that there are there was a, a kind of a groundswell in the industry and and kind of beyond that pushed back on the German government and said, hey, you know, you're you're kind of affecting a whole big bunch of people here, and that kind of got me thinking that, that this is something that we could take a page from our brothers and sisters in Germany in pushing back on our government. Um, I am not, you know, I'm not going to get into a political discussion here, but let's just say over the last 20 years or so, certain parts of the government have, uh, sold off certain parts of what we use. Um, uh, wireless spectrum is one of those you know, aspects. Um, and I'm not going to go into, you know, the fact that, that we've had four or five changes in, in the wireless spectrums and the frequencies that we can use. Uh, but Joe, when, when it comes to, to talking to the government about their impact on our industry, what can we do? Whether that is a end user, whether that is a, uh, an integrator or collectively as, as manufacturers.
1: You know, the first thing, the first word that comes to mind is vote, right? Mm-hmm. If we want to send a message to those who purport to govern us and and to help us to be better, then we should be demanding that they show their leadership through example. So right there, I think that that's part of it. Um, I think the other part of the conversation has to be educational in that regard. Um, So we have to let people know, for example, when you think about digital signage, if the only thing that comes to mind is a Las Vegas lit up at one o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday with nobody really on the strip, okay, you could just turn some of those lights off, and I think the world will be okay with that. Um, but if we're going to turn off digital signage, that helps me find where I have to be, um, that helps me to get real information that will, uh, you know, for example, uh, just recently with Hurricane Ian, digital signage systems that could have told us the path of that. Things like that should never be turned off under those circumstances because that's an important method of communication. So part of it is, is education and part of it is just plain out demanding better from those who represent us.
3: Yep, I like where Joe was going with that it's because you've got uh, you've got kind of a, a consumer oriented uh, advertising aspect where you know you've got you know, pay to run the ads on the signage, try to get interactivity, uh, draw that eye in, versus a public service side of of the signage and in those natural disaster applications and other things like wayfinding, uh, those things really do make a difference to people's day-to-day life and uh, really almost become uh, not necessarily a crutch, but it's something that we become uh, accustomed to. We're ingrained into having that kind of uh, an access of information. If you're doing wayfinding as part of digital signage, you show up to a building at you know, 3 in the afternoon, you can find where you need to go. But you show up at uh, 10 o'clock at night, and now you can't find your way. That, that, that seems kind of like a, a mismatch in goals. Yeah. So it was nice to see that um, as an industry in Germany, they were able to come together and uh, maybe kind of uh, pivot a little bit and have a little bit more logic prevail. Yep.
0: Charmaine? Uh, how do we how do we take our needs and, and, and our desires for our industry to our elected officials?
2: The first thing, vote, I agree with what Joe says, a hundred percent. The problem is vote for those individuals who understand it. That's the biggest
0: problem. Oh my gosh, yes.
2: In our uh, governance, we don't have politicians that understand technology or anything about it in order to make a good sound decision of where everything needs how things need to be managed especially if it comes to scaling back you know when we use digital signage in our environment it's very much capitalist environment and for our politicians a lot of them follow that right you need to vote for and un- go for the politicians or the people who a understand technology very few of them do and B, uh, understand what's at stake and vote for them. And they're hard to find, um, unfortunately. I would recommend that people who have this passion and desire, like someone, let's say, a Joe Cornwell, Cornwall may want to think about running one day. I mean, hey, I'm throwing it out there. You know, I'm not playing, though. Uh, Listen, throwing it out there because I think that's what it's gonna take. I think it's gonna take the people in our society, in our neck of the woods in the US, that have the passion and the understanding in to really, you know, get involved in the public sector in order to make this possible.
1: That's and demand that those in the public sector actually provide something more than a bumper sticker as a statement of what they understand.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Right? Don't don't give me don't give me three syllables that are clever. Give me an actual well-thought-out position.
2: I vote for Joe. Oh.
1: <laughs> All right. That, that.
3: That's one. <laughs> That's one. <laughs> uh,
0: next, our last story here comes to us from our friends over at The Verge. USB uh, folks are asking you to stop using the term super speed branding. Uh, they want to refer to USB devices by the version number, uh, so instead of referring it by a version number, they want to start referring it as the specs, so USB 5 gigabytes, uh, 10 gigabytes, and so on and so forth. And this kind of led me, I'm fantastic that this story came out this week, because uh, Joe Cornwall has been talking about USB-C for 20 years, uh, as long as I've known him. Um, But Andrew, we'll start with you on this, Uh, we'll, we'll kind of let Joe anchor this. Where does USB belong? in the commercial AV industry? And there's a reason I'm asking here, right? Because 10 years ago, it was a pain, right? It, it, it was seen as a 100% a residential issue, right? A, a resi or, or even you know, prosumer if you wanted to go that far. Um, and this is before the ubiquitous uh, nature of you know, webcams and stuff like this. We were still putting in you know, high dollar video conferencing systems. And, and now USB has become an integral part of, of of the commercial AV industry. So, so where does where does this whole whether it's A, B, or C, where does it belong? Uh,
3: low speed, high speed, super speed, uh, you know, connector types, all that. Uh, I think that we are uh, we've been drug into USB. Uh, And it's not going anywhere. I think it's only going to increase its uptake in applications. Uh, Just look at the kinds of cameras that are being integrated into spaces these days. You know, 10 years ago, you were buying a PTZ uh, head and picking out a Fujinon lens to go on the camera and using Visca control for it. And now, unless you are doing high-end broadcast or something else, you know, you're probably looking at a, a USB camera and figuring out how to do a USB microphone to pair with it for your spaces. And so the. Uh, the barrier for entry has been really lowered by the adoption of, of USB as a transport protocol. And so I think it's here to stay. I think that uh, as manufacturers, we have to uh, understand the ins and outs of it, the limitations of it, and to have the, uh, the right products to support it for the applications. The uh, the shift, the story that you mentioned, the shift away from uh, that three-syllable, easy-for-consumer-to-understand, uh, super-speed uh, moniker, I think is curious, uh, especially in light of uh, Wi-Fi getting away from uh, all their versioning and going to Wi-Fi 4, Wi-Fi 5, Wi-Fi 6, because they felt version numbers were too complicated for consumers. And here we have USB kind of taking the opposite approach of Oh, super speed doesn't give you enough detail. Let's refer to it by the version number and make sure that you include the data rate while you're at it. Yeah, uh, I, I get where they're going because you've got everything from five gigs all the way up to 80 gigs, uh, all on the same type of connector. And so, yeah, it, it's tough it is uh, hdmi wrestled with the same thing you couldn't promote products based off of hdmi versions you had to call out which a uh, feature set was supported it wasn't uh, hdmi 1.4 2.0 2.1 anymore now it was hdmi deep color hdmi audio return channel you know, that type of thing and so i think usb is taking kind of that same approach
0: all right charmaine uh where does usb belong in the industry
2: everywhere that you could put it. I mean, and I'm saying that-
0: You just stole Joe's answer. (laughs) I
2: think me and Joe are so in tune. That's why I'm trying not to you know, answer. We we have the same ideas and feelings about things, but everywhere you can put it. I mean, USB came about because honestly, like you said, people thought it was all residential. And what happens, and I've always said this before, residential influences commercial. Uh, That happened with, you know, the Apple, you know, Charmaine, can we put an Apple iPad in the room 10, 12 years ago? Hmm. Let me see. Maybe we can. And then lo and behold, that's all we're doing nowadays, because people now want to have the same ease of use and speed and 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 not have to think and learn how to bring the same type of environment that they use at home into the office. They don't want to learn about it. And also now that we're dealing with hybrid work models, right? Some days I'm at work, some days I'm at home. Has to be similar, has to be the same. Uh, USB, there's a you know synonymous can translate into both environments at this point. But for the purposes of the commercial integrators and, you know, people that are, you know, doing the integration, yes, you have to have the different, you know, does it really do this speed or this speed? Can I do 10 gigs on this one or what version do I have to use? So I think that's where that's coming into play to help those, the business side out and, you know, incorporating USB more. Uh, Joe, I don't want to say any more. I'm just going to turn to you.
1: No, you're, you're going absolutely down the right path. I mean, we are absolutely speaking the same language. And what I would kind of say is this, when we think about USB or any of these other things, whether it's uh, uh, AV over IP, HDMI, any of the other protocols that we use typically in AV, let's think about what it really is. It's the great convergence. So, where is USB? It is how we get signals into fixed AV assets. It is not a structured cabling. It is not designed to run 65 feet behind walls in a room. That's a completely different application. But it is the perfect connector to go between a portable device and some kind of a docking station. And to the extent that AV uh, integrators and AV design engineers are saying, well, you know, that's not me. I take everything after the docking station. Well, who is helping us to put the stuff into the system and make it work to begin with? We have to think of it holistically, and we have to begin to think of the integration not only of portable with fixed AV assets, but also the integration of, um, uh, of, of consumer products with commercial products, because I think that's always been an artificial line. And I cannot let this slip without getting back to your first comment. This idea about the USB implementers forum putting on a cable that it's 5 gig, 10 gig, 20 gig. Congratulations, you're speaking to me. Now tell my mom what that means. Yeah, that's fair. Right? I mean, we've just lost everybody by doing this because by telling me that a cable is 80 gigs, as a consumer, 80 is twice as much as 40 and four times as much as 20. I'm going to buy that one because it's way better. Oh, wait a minute. You mean my phone still doesn't do video? No, because your phone was never designed to do video over the USB connector. Um, you can't use your your iPad to, to hook up to your webcam? No, because it wasn't designed to use an external webcam. It's not the connector's fault, it's not the USB system fault, but this move by the USB implementers forum is not at all like HDMI, and I'll tell you why. HDMI does one thing. It transports audio-video content with some mixed-in control, unidirectionally. Nothing comes back. It all goes in one way. USB does all of that and 75 other things, and it does them simultaneously. The best way to have really called this would have been to say, you know what? Everything you used before today, that was USB old. Now we have USB 4.0, And get rid of the whole Thunderbolt thing, because that's marketing, too. Let's call it what it is. It's all Type-C. It's all based on the same technology. And as we go forward, let's do, like Andrew said, what the Wi-Fi uh, 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 systems are doing. We've gone, I know what Wi-Fi 6 is. And I know what Wi-Fi 7 is going to be. And I can make a decision as a consumer whether I need to step into that. I have no idea whether I need 40 gigs or 20 gigs or 5 gigs or God help us all, they're still calling it USB 2.0. So that didn't confuse anybody, did it? No. Vote for Joe.
3: Well, the silver lining to that, Joe, <laughs> is that uh, we have an entire industry built around people who have to do that interfacing. And so we still have jobs tomorrow.
1: <laughs> you know, that is a silver lining. Yeah, I got to assume that, that somebody's going to be calling me up going, what is this supposed to do again? And I get paid. So, yeah, yay for that. But... Um, Yeah, there's got to be a better way. I really think that this was the wrong way for the implementers forum to go. And I think that their marketing study that they did um, neglected talking to people who actually have to deal with the folks who are trying to put this stuff in. Talk to some of us at a manufacturing or an integration level and ask us, what questions are we answering for the end users? And you'll have a better idea of how to label this stuff. I'm not crazy about what HDMI did, but I kind of get it. But this move with USB, I think, is just um, nuts.
3: Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they reverse their decision in another two or three years. I, it's yeah,
1: and,
0: and like Joe said, that that won't that won't confuse anybody either.
3: Well, I mean, if you're really going to be pedantic about it, I mean, you've got USB space three, then there was USB space three point two, and then when USB four came out, they took the space out between USB and the four. And it's like uh, Okay, what are we doing here, fellas? You know, it's like, why why are we getting into this level of detail about how we're branding? What you know, to Joe's point, is really just a data transport mechanism, and how we're getting things ingested into these systems. The, the things that they get wrapped around the axle about are just pretty astounding
2: and that's exactly why you need a joan Corn- cornwell
1: in congress that will help form. <laughs> Jeez, all right already <laughs> oh, i'm going for congress okay all right well, man, you are going to be my campaign manager i will be that's your it. campaign yeah.
2: manager because honestly that's you know to go to the point of you need that is the biggest problem we have in our country we don't have the right uh, agencies that look into these things as joe says and ask the industry you know experienced veterans people and that do this every day to come to a consensus and that's our problem especially in av it is getting is a little ahead of us on that we're not and in AV, oh, yeah. we don't, I, IT has rules. IT has lots of rules. <laughs> I came from IT. So, and AV, the reason why I came to AV because it's exciting, adventurous, right? Like being on Pirates of the Caribbean. I get to be Jack Sparrow. <laughs> that's great. But after a while, the adventure is too much for everybody and they need a consensus. So I think that's that's
1: where this is going with USP. This is AV, we don't need your stinking rules. Yeah, exactly. Well, the great <laughs> thing
3: about standards <laughs> is you have so many to choose from.
0: Now now that we've had that one out, let's 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 wrap this up. Thank you all so much. Uh, Charmaine Torella from QSC. Thank you, ma'am.
3: Thank
2: you, sir. And you can find me if you uh, look me up at LinkedIn. My name's Charmaine Torella, as it's spelt um, on the screen, as well as on Twitter. And if you want to reach me at QSC, it's Charmaine.torella at
1: QSC.com. Vote for Joe. Mm,
0: vote for Joe. <laughs> all right, Senator Cornwall. <laughs>
1: Yes, absolutely. That's where I'm going. Uh, so I am with Legrand. I'm the AV technology evangelist for Legrand. You can find me on LinkedIn as uh, Joseph Cornwall. You'll find me on Twitter at Joe Cornwall. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, joseph.cornwall at legrand.com. And if you want to know exactly what I'm thinking about in terms of technology in AV, come and check us out on Legrand AV University.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Andrew, very nice to have you, sir. Uh, Andrew Evans from Extron. How do people connect with you? Appreciate
3: that, Tim. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn uh, and then Evans at extron.com for the email. And anything on USB, sustainability, or just general technology, extron.com is a great resource. All
0: right, very good. Thank you all so much. Uh, for me, for Tim Albright, do not follow me on the Twitters. We go by the web- website, if you would, please, avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. You will find this program and a host of others, uh, a brand spanking new AV profession uh, with Taylor Moore uh, landed this week or is landing this week. Uh, so check that out, if you would, please. Also, we are heading to a couple different places. Just got back from Cedia, uh, Cedia Expo uh, from uh, Dallas, And next, this time next month, we will be in Vegas for digital signage uh, experience. So check all that out and more at avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week.